Hello and welcome to episode 222 of the Veg Grower podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow food in my allotment and garden. Today is the 27th of May 2019. It's a Monday, it's a bank holiday Monday, but I've been working all weekend so it's not quite so good for me. Anyway, what have we got coming up today? Well we have the diary where I'll be going over what I've been doing over the last week and then I've received a question from Trevor who wants to know what's so bad about peat. And so I'm going to go into that and my understanding of what's wrong with peat a bit later on. Before all that, I've got to mention a couple of things. Now, over the last couple of weeks, Thompson and Morgan blog have used uh, some of my blogs in a couple of their posts. One being my tomato and coconut curry recipe. And I'm really, really grateful. Now, I've shared these on social media. But if you want to check them out, I'll add the links to the blog post for this week. Really good articles from Thompson and Morgan, as always. Anyway, let's find out what I've been doing over this last week. Well, it's Tuesday, the 21st of May, 2019 today. I've gone back a few years there. I'm just in the allotment shed and I've popped down here. Well... I say pop down here, it was only meant to be a sort of an hour, just a normal weeding and watering. It's turned into three hours down here. Not complaining because it's a really nice evening, I'm really enjoying it down here. Now mostly I have been weeding and watering, but an interesting thing has happened. When I pulled up, one of my neighbour's kids ran up to say hello. Now they'd done this the other day when I was mowing. Um... And while I've been working on the allotment, he's been following me around, watching what I do, um, playing around as well. His name's Adrian, he's five years old. And, well, uh, it's a bit, I want to say it's a bit awkward. His his parents don't seem to mind. I speak to his parents when they uh, were leaving. Um, And he seems interested in what I'm doing, but... On one hand, it does feel a bit awkward because the last thing I want is for a child to get hurt or to slow me down from what I'm trying to do. However, he is interested and uh, he's taking stock of what I'm doing. So, got to encourage it, haven't I? So, apart from that, and weeding and watering, I've also sowed some carrot seeds and parsnip seeds. Now, I've done these a bit different now because I have no success growing carrots or parsnips on this allotment. But I spoke to Bill from Bill's Two Plots of Heaven, a YouTube channel, but also another person on my allotment site. And he says he grows his carrots in pots of multi-purpose compost. So I filled a few pots up with that and sowed seeds into that and we will see how they get on. I expect it will work because the soil, the compost is going to be a bit softer for the seed to break through. We'll, t- we'll see what happens in time, of course, but fingers crossed it'll work. Well, it's Wednesday the 22nd of May 2019 today. I'm just in my greenhouse at home. A couple of little observations first. My melon plant, one, that is put on quite a bit of growth. It's about two foot long now and it's got flowers. So really, really pleased with that. Probably have got to do something with it because it is growing in a pot and it does get quite dry, but I'm pleased with that. And my grapevine in here, that's also potted on plenty of growth. I actually thought it had died, but no, it's bounced back into life. Now what I've been doing in here, first off, I've planted out six 
chili plants. These were plants that I sowed back in uh, probably about January time, January, February. And there was also two aubergine plants that have gone in. Now these plants are actually quite small. I think they could have done with a bit more heat, being a bit warmer. But they, they're planted out now and they are putting on a bit of growth. They're just very, very small, very, very slow. But we'll see what happens. But the main thing I wanted to talk about was tying in my tomato plants. Now in here, I have two tomato plants. Usually, I would pot a cane in each of them and tie the plants to the cane. As it grows, I'll add a bit more twine and tie it to the cane. I watched Gardener's World last week and I saw Monty basically done it with a bit of string. No cane involved, just growing up a bit of string. And uh, I've replicated that. So what I've done is I've tied one piece of string running horizontally in my greenhouse and then from that bed of string I've tied two bits of string dropping down vertically tied to that bit of string that runs horizontally and then the bottom of each string is tied to the bottom of the tomato plant. Now the idea here is as the tomato plant grows I can just quickly twist it around that bed of string to give it its support to grow which I think will save time. My usual way of the cane means I have to cut a bit of twine every time I want to do it. This I can just do it. In fact, I'm going to do it now. Just twist it round and it's done. It takes no time at all. So yeah, that I think is going to be a much easier way to do this. Anyway, that's it for today. It's getting dark. It's quite nice these evenings are staying lighter longer. But that's it for today. Well, it's Thursday the 23rd of May 2019 today. I'm just in my little potting shed. And there's been things that have changed. You may hear a crow in the background every now and then. And that is Bunny, who we have now identified as being a male. Because of the fact... There you go, that's a crow. He's crowing. It's trying to attract females. Now, I've moved him out here because this morning we had one of my quails hatch. I put a picture on Instagram because we were debating the name over Chixit or Esperano. Esperado. And the Esperato came out on top. And... Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a rush this morning because uh, Bunny had to go out here and the quail, the new quail, had to go into the hamster cage with the electric hen. But I didn't have any form of heating out here for Bunny. So I quickly put a little uh, light, filament light in here to keep her warm throughout the day. And while I was at work, I brought him a... Um, <laughs> love it when I make that noise. I brought him an electric heat lamp to keep him warm. And I will start getting him weaned off that. But more importantly, I've got another quail hatch. I do really enjoy seeing quails hatch and grow up. It's looking good. She's, or he or she, has survived a day so far. The name Esperatos came out on top. Um, yeah, all really, really good. I do find these quails really fascinating and easy to grow. They're really fantastic if you want to start down the route of self-sufficiency and uh, hatch your own um, own birds and, and eggs. While I'm going through the route of chickens, which take quite a bit of space, these are, can grow in hamster cages. 
They're fantastic. They really are. Anyway, I'm going to lock them up and keep her bunny warm in here. Check on Esperato and head on in. It's Sunday, May the 26th today. I'm on the allotment and it's a little bit windy. Um, weather's been weird today. I've been on the allotment all day. But it's been weird. One minute it's blazing hot sun, then it goes to overcast and the wind picks up. And then it's blazing hot sun, but still no rain. But hey-ho. Anyway, what have I been up to today? Well, I came down to the allotment this morning. Not as early as I would have liked, because I got called out last night. And was uh, therefore got back in the early hours of the morning. And it's no good coming down here when you're tired. So uh, I had a little bit of a lay-in. And then uh, once I felt alert enough to come down I came down the allotment and the first thing I went to was compost bin number two now last week I mentioned that I'd shredded a load of stuff and filled or started to fill compost heap number one and tidied it up quite a bit compost heap number two was still a bit of a mess but I've emptied everything out of it and ran over it all with a lawnmower and filled everything back into compost heap number one that bin is now full I then gave compost heap number one a top off with some wood chips and then I've planted out some squash plants, some pumpkin, uh, crown prince and rogue diff dit and tempers, I can never pronounce those, uh, and a, a, a butternut squash and they've gone into there and they'll grow quite happily in there. I then went over to one of my little beds. Now this is a bed that did have chard, but the chard had started to bolt. So I dug out that, and that chard will go to my chicken so it doesn't get wasted. I then gave that bed a good weeding, and then planted out my sweet corn, a variety called Incredible F1. And I also put in there another Rogue Diff Den Tempest pumpkin and a courgette plant, just in opposite corners. And again, that'll be quite happily in there to grow. The sweet corn I've planted out 18 inches apart, just dug a hole and dropped in a root trainer. I gave it all a really good watering in. And then I went on to my main bed. And again, it's more planting out, I'm afraid. Planted out some all of my tomatoes. That's the amateur and the four blight-resistant varieties, Crimson Crush, Crimson Blush, Mountain Magic and Lizetto. 18 inches apart again, fair amount of space, I've taken up three rows, nothing really else to say. Gave those a good watering in. I've also planted out some turnips and some beans that I am in a competition for who can grow the longest runner bean. So that, that's all gone in, I then spent a while weeding and tidying. And that has been it today, it doesn't sound much when I say it like that, but actually there's been a lot... Of work going on I've been here for hours a couple of things I have noticed I'm picking strawberries and I'm picking broad greens so things are definitely coming into play and food is becoming more and more available well while I was here I had a phone call from my wife who unfortunately has said that Esperanto the quail chick that was born the other day has unfortunately died, so just four days old and she hasn't made it. I say she because I don't know if it was a he or she, but a little bit tragic, but it is part of life, I'm afraid, part of nature. 
So I'm going to go home now and see what's occurring with that. I I think she died. But I didn't see her eat anything. I saw her drink water but not eat anything. I try and encourage her to eat but I can't force her to eat. So I suspect that's what the problem is. Anyway, don't let that put you on a down. It's been a great day otherwise. These things do happen. And as I say, I'm going to go home now and sort everything else out. Well, it's Monday the 27th of May 2019 today. And as I said yesterday, Esperanto had died. So I had to um, bury her or him. Very tragic. She was only four days old, but... Unfortunately, I think this is the reality of keeping animals. Anyway, I don't want to depress everyone with that. It it happens. Let's um, let's focus on on today. Now, before I talk about the weekly harvest report, um, today I well I've been on call, and that meant that I did get called out and was out all day, so I didn't do a huge amount of gardening. But on my way home from work, I did manage to stop off at the allotment and give everything a bit of a water. Now, while I was there, I also decided it was time to plant out my leeks. I took taken those down over the weekend. And I love planting leeks because I get to say a puddling, which is how we plant leeks. So these leeks were sown back in February in, in uh, insulated boxes. And uh, as they grow, they get bigger and bigger, obviously. And now's the time to plant them out. So in the soil, with a, a dibber, which is an old handle, a dibber hole, and then I pick out a leek plant, just the one, and drop it in there. I repeat that until they are all planted out. And then I just water the whole lot. Now, I don't fill that hole in because it will naturally fill in over time. But it also helps with the plant because it, it makes it a bit easier for the plant to expand. That's what I find anyway, especially with a hard clay soil I have. Now, some people trim the roots, but I don't bother with that. I just plant them straight in as they are. But yes, that's got half of my leeks out anyway. Now, there was an observation I noticed today. Now, my onions in the beds on the older half of the allotment... I've all pretty much bolted. Now, that's not a huge problem. But I did sow some radar onion sets and they went in a lot later and they're on the top of the allotment in the main bed. They have not bolted at all. I don't know if that's due to the fact they went in later or different conditions, they were wetter. I don't know. But, oh, it's the variety themselves that have stopped them from bolted i don't know but they definitely have not got a single um flower spike on it at all i just thought that was an interesting observation that i thought i'd share with everyone now the weekly harvest report that came out last night and we had strawberries and broad beans make their first appearance on there there was 16 pounds worth of food so very very good plus more food from the veggie pod the veggie pod is just doing amazingly well we keep harvesting salads we're eating so many salads at the moment just coming from that and it's doing really 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 well uh, there was five pounds worth of food that came out of the veggie pod last week alone and it's it's creeping up the value so that's really really good 
Now, I did spend a bit of money on a few things, one being a stirrup hoe, which is a new, t- a different type of hoe, and uh, various other things, such as a heat lamp, which have not made good reading. What I have noticed is I seem to be buying a lot of compost lately, and that's where I could probably save money next year. But we'll think about that next time. In fact, I'm going to be talking about compost in just a moment. So that wraps up the diary section for this week. So this week's tip of the week from a plant grow harvest calendar reads, frequent watering and mixing of mulch into the soil will help flowers last longer through the hot summer months. Well, this year is very dry, so frequent watering may be a challenge if we get any hosepipe bans later on this year. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I certainly think it's a possibility with how dry it has been. Mulching, on the other hand, is actually a very good idea, and it's something I do try and do quite often. Wood chip is great, compost is great, and so on. It's easy if you can get hold of it, of course, and that's why I'm really concentrating on making a lot of compost quickly now, which is why the lawnmower on the allotment is helping chop up everything to speed this along. Anyway, that is the tip of the week this week. Now, I've been asked a question, what is so bad about peat? So let's get into that. I've received a question from Trevor and Trevor wants to know what is so bad about peat-based compost. Now his question reads, what is so bad about peat? I've been buying peat-based compost without realising it contains peat and then lately I've heard that peat is bad. But why is it bad? Is it bad for the plants or is it bad for the environment? And if it's bad, surely they wouldn't be selling it. Well, that's a really interesting question, Trevor, and it's... um. It's one that I thought I'd go into because I have known about peat being bad for, well, since the 90s, I think it first came around. And uh, it's it's never been solved. It keeps coming back and back. And it's one that does need challenging. Now, peat-based compost is not bad for plants, but it is bad for the environment. Some gardeners will say that peat-based compost is the best compost on the market. I've never done any experiments, I don't know on that, but there is a reluctance to move over because they don't feel anything else is quite as good. Peat-based compost made from peat, as the name suggests, and peat is basically decaying remains of plants that are thousands of years dead. So really, really long composting time. And this peat is mined from bogs. These bogs are home to a lot of wildlife. Many of these peat bogs actually have a site of scientific interest on them. So they are, well, environmentally and in nature, they are worth quite a bit. There's also the fact that when these peat bogs are being disturbed and mined, they are releasing carbon dioxide that is locked up in these peat. And that is a gas that is partly responsible for climate change. So not a very good result either. Now, on the good note is that peat bogs will grow back, but they will grow back at a rate of about one millimetre a year. We mine at about 22 centimetres a year. So one year's worth of peat mining would take 220 years to recover. So we need to put a stop to it as soon as possible if we're going to stop it from happening. Now, I said earlier that it's thought that peat-based compost is still one of the best composts on the market. And I've never done any tests to see how good they are. It's something that perhaps I could do. I don't know. I'm guilty of not checking for peat-free compost. 
So I am not going to come over all holier than thou and tell you, do not buy it if I'm guilty of it myself. But for researching this question, it's made me think that I will check from now on. If it doesn't say peat-free compost on the bag, then it probably does contain peat at a rate of about 70 to 100%. Now, many sellers have stopped selling 100% peat-based compost, but they are probably selling it at a rate of about 70%. So that's still too much. Now, the reason these peat is so good is that it's full of nutrients and it also holds onto water really, really well. And it's cheap. It's cheap to mine and cheap to extract from the ground. The alternatives require a bit of processing. And the alternatives are things such as coir and bark. Or coconut husk is another one that is rumoured to be very, very well in trials. But they take a while to process and they are expensive to process. Which of course means that what we buy in the shop will be more expensive. However, I do believe that we've got to do something about it. And if that means we've got to spend more money on non-peat-based compost, then so be it. Because otherwise, we won't have the choice. And I think it's coming that we will not have the choice. That doesn't sound good in that sense. But there is better alternatives. I've often said that make my own compost at home and on the allotment. That is not technically compost in the term of growing media that we buy in these big plastic bags, but I have used it in pots and it has done very, very well. That is where I'll be hedging my bets on trying to grow my own or make my own compost for my tubs and pots. And I said in the weekly harvest report that the amount of money I spent on compost this year is pretty high. Because of my lawnmower problems, I was unable to make as much compost as I did last year when I wasn't able to use it in pots. Now, if I can replicate what I did last year and make more of it, then I will not need to buy so much in the terms of compost. And then perhaps I can look at buying peat-free compost rather easily. Unfortunately, that is what it comes down to. It is cheap. And, And until it's not for sale... I don't think we will ever be able to not buy it because of how cheap it is. Of course, there are those that are more conscious amongst us and they will be buying the peat-free compost. And I think that is an excellent example. Based on what I've researched now, I'm starting to feel very guilty over not checking. So I will be checking this in the future. During the process of putting this podcast together and editing and scripting and what have you, it's given me a few thoughts on how I could perhaps experiment on the difference between peat-based compost and peat-free alternatives. Now, I've got a couple of areas on my allotment that I'm not quite sure what I was going to plant there. I always have some areas that are spare. I also have lots of various plants that need homes. So, I am going to fill several pots probably potato planters up with either peat compost or an alternative and plant the same plants into either pot so there could be a butternut squash one in peat compost and one in a peat free alternative Uh, i've got some spare squash plants and trombone squashes as well all these i will plant up in various pots and see what does the best and how it makes a difference i'm not going to claim this is going to be scientific because that's not going to necessarily be possible but it's an experiment i can do and i've got areas that i can do it on so it seems like a good idea in my eyes and this will mean that we can report back or i can report back as we go on throughout this journey and see whether peat free compost is as good or not as multi-purpose 
Well, I hope that's answered your question, Trevor. It's certainly given me food for thought. And it's, as I said, I don't believe in telling people what they should and shouldn't buy and telling shops what they should and shouldn't sell. But I do believe that we should be encouraged to buy peat-free compost. And with this little bit of information and knowledge, we can learn more from it. Well, that's it for this week. I hope that has answered the question that I received and that everybody else has learned something from it. As I said in there, I am guilty of buying peat-based compost, so I don't want to come across as being holier than thou and telling everyone that we shouldn't do it when I do it myself. I will, however, be making a concerted effort to look for peat-free compost. Anyway, that's it for this week. So thank you very much for listening as always. Don't forget to check out the vegrowpodcast.co.uk, my website, and leave a comment, especially if you have anything to say about peat-based composts. Uh, you can also contact me through social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for the Veg Grower Podcast and I'll probably come up. But yes, thank you very much for listening. So please take care and I'll see you all again next time.